I'm in debt. I have two car payments, four years into a 30-year mortgage, balances on a couple credit cards, plus college for three kids on the horizon, zero savings. I work long hours at a job that I hate, and despite all that, all I get is stress about how I can make more money. I take four pills at night for my back pain. Some days, getting up seems like too much. I struggle with dyslexia. I have high cholesterol. I overeat a little too often. I'm trying to get in shape, but it's never, I mean never enough. My dad died five years ago from cancer. I should have seen him more before he passed. Man, I miss him so much. Everyone expects me to be over it, but it's something that I still deal with daily. I haven't taken my wife on a date in four months. I practically forgot our anniversary. My kids need me when I get home, but it's late. I want to sleep. I spend my weekends after functions, as if that's enough. All this, and I still resent my family because I have no time just for me. I can be amazingly selfish. I'm often angry, seemingly for no reason. I struggle with lustful thoughts, none of which my wife understands. Nor do I, for that matter. I'm good at some things. I'm great at nothing. I had dreams for my work and my family, and I abandoned them long ago. I think I'm a realist, and I come off as a pessimist. I feel restless knowing something is missing. I have too many burdens. They're suffocating. And this is the weight I carry. What a great morning God has given us today. Praise God. Praise God for everything, including the adversities. Glad to have you all here as, as we come to our, our seven and last week in the series on adversity. I hope we have all learned something about adversity. I hope we have learned, uh, I hope we have learned the basic stuff. Because if we, would, if we would at least just learn those basic things about adversity, things will look, I mean, the way we will see things, the way, we, the way we would perceive life will be completely different for us. And so in the effort of understanding adversity, uh, we have responded to some questions through, uh, uh, during these seven weeks. One of them was, what is adversity? Because a lot of times we see adversity as a bad thing, and we respond to adversity... As adversity is a transformational process that God allows in our lives. We've been talking about that for the last seven weeks. God allows adversity because God wants to do something better in you. So when you perceive, when you see adversity from that angle, <coughs> you are in for a, a, for a moment of growth in your life because you're seeing adversity in a different way. And, and, and we have also talked about the fact of, you know, adversity comes from different, from different angles, from different sides of life. One of them, it comes from God a lot of times because God wants to make sure He gets your attention. When we're not doing what we're supposed to do or the way we're supposed to do it, God allows adversity so He can get our attention. But also, adversity can come from decisions, that, bad decisions that we, have, uh, we ourselves have made. Uh, but, but there is a purpose. No matter where adversity comes from, there is always purpose. There is always a reason. God always have, has 
purpose uh, in the middle of adversity. So God use, uses adversity for our self-examination uh, to see, you know, where, where are we really? Where are we at? And one of the last questions we, we, uh, we respond during this series is, how am I to respond to adversity? How am I to respond to adversity? Because we, we said that the way we respond to adversity is different than the way God wants us to respond to adversity. The way we respond to adversity is a lot of times we respond with doubt. We doubt God. A lot of times we respond with fear. And there's no worse moment to make decisions when we're full of fear in the middle of the adversities that we're going uh, through. Uh, a lot of times we also uh, respond in a way that we want to give up. And one of the most common ways is that when we go through adversity, we respond with a lot of neg- negativism. And we become very negative just because we don't understand what adversity is and the purpose God has for us during the adversity. But God's way is that God wants us to respond to adversity with understanding. With understanding. Understanding exactly what adversity is. Uh, God also wants us to respond with adversity according to James chapter 1 verse 2 with a good attitude. With a good attitude because there is a good purpose that when you're going through adversity there is going to be fruit. Good fruit, positive fruit because of your adversity. And therefore, we need to respond in a positive way. If we become negative, if we become pessimist during adversity, the only thing we're doing for ourselves is digging a deeper hole where we're going to go in and it's going to get harder to get out of that hole because we became negative. But because we become positive and that's the way God wants us to respond to adversity, we have a better chance to see things the way God sees things and to grow through the adversity. So, but before we conclude this series, it's important that we understand uh, that one of the most important elements in, in times of adversity, one of the most important elements when you're going through hard times is perseverance. Perseverance. Joe Maxwell said that the only guarantee for failure is to stop trying. When you don't persevere, the only guarantee you have is that you're going to fail because you don't persevere. The moment of adversity is like a bend in the road. It's not the end of the road when you see a bend in the road. Unless you fail to make a turn, then you don't persevere. Norman Vincent said that in the moment of adversity, it is always too soon to quit. You don't quit during the moment of adversity because it's always too soon. He's encouraging us to persevere. There's one quote that I like a lot by Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison said, Many of life's failure are people who didn't realize how close they were to success. Many people quit quit because they didn't realize how close they were to success. They give up too soon. I remember when uh, uh, I went back, I got back into hiking. I was I used to be a, a hiker, but then I stopped for many many years. But I, when I went back to hiking. Uh, I was told, you know what, there's, there's uh, California, Southern California has these six pigs. And, and a lot of times there's challenges. And, and don't talk to me about challenges because I love challenges. I like, uh, you know, I, I'm just 
You know, I just love that kind of stuff, that kind of mentality. And so um, I was told about the six, six pigs, and they told me, you know, you should go to Mount Baldy. And if you guys are familiar with Mount Baldy, Mount Baldy or, or Mount on San Antonio is the worst mountain you can go if it's your first time hiking or if it's your first time back into hiking. Mount Baldy, it's about 10,000 feet above uh, sea level, uh, or, or you gain 10,000 feet. I don't remember the exact, but it's really high. But when I was hiking Mount Baldy, I remember getting to a certain point where I was still about a mile and a half away from the, uh, from the very top where you, you know, where everybody likes to take those pictures with the little sign that it says, you know, you're above this many feet above sea level or whatever. And, and when, when, you know, I see this older guy coming down and he's, he looks good. He looks fresh. He's, you know, he's wearing all his uh, hiking gear and everything. And I said, hey, you know, you know how long more is before I get? It's about a mile and a half. So the next half a mile, you're going to be okay. But the last mile, you got to prepare yourself mentally. I'm like, but you look fine. You look, and he goes, no, I hike every week. I hike every, almost every, at least twice a week. So I'm used to this. And he, and I said, so what's wrong with the last mile? He said, well, the last mile coming from the Natch, which is another restaurant that's in the same mountain. He goes, it's almost, you're almost going to go, you're not going to go straight up, but you're almost going to feel like you're going straight up. It's so, it's so high and it's, it's full of rocks and it's uncomfortable. And I, you know, I'm like, okay. So I got to that point. And when I got to that point, I'm like, no, I'm not going to go up there. But then I'm thinking, you know what? I'm only a mile away. I'm only a mile away. Am I going to quit now? How am I going to feel with myself? Am I going to feel like a loser? I quit before I got to the end, and I'm only a mile away. Well, no, guess what? I did go. When I was going up, I noticed this young man who's walking with no water, nothing, no hiking gear, no water, and he just passed me like nothing happened, right? And I'm like, I'm like I, I got to get to the end now. I got to get to the end. But a lot of times you're so close to that end, you're so close to the goal God has for you. But a lot of times when it gets tough, when it gets tough because the adversity, the adversity is tough, the problems are tough, the, the trials are tough, a lot of times all we think about is, should I quit? Should I quit? Should I quit? And so one of the, the, one of the most important elements when you're going through life and you're going through problems is persevere persevere what about how important it is for Christians to persevere in times of adversity that is the question how important is it perseverance is important because it develops endurance that's what the Bible says now perseverance and endurance are two different things people a lot of times mixes those things and don't really get a, a good understanding of that but perseverance and endurance are two different things. So perseverance is important because perseverance develops endurance. And that fills us, when we develop endurance, we get filled with hope of a better tomorrow. So Romans, the Apostle Paul told that to the church in Rome, in, Rome, in Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. Paul tells the church in Rome, we can rejoice too. When we run into problems and trials. He said, you don't have to just rejoice because of the joy of your salvation. Because verse 1 and 2 talk about the joy of salvation. Don't rejoice only in the joy that you have in your salvation. 
But we can also rejoice when we run into problems and trials. In other words, we can also rejoice when we're going through adversities, for we know that they help us develop endurance. So here's the thing. When you're going through adversity, you're supposed to persevere. Persevere is like, for example, when a person is running a race, that person keeps on going despite of the, the fact that they might be tired. They might be hurting, but they persevere. They keep on persevering means you keep on advancing. You keep on moving forward. And as you keep on running, as you keep on moving forward, as you keep on advancing... You develop endurance. Endurance is the result of you persevering. But if you don't persevere, you will not develop endurance. And so when trials, when tougher trials come around, you will not be ready for those trials because you didn't persevere. And because you didn't persevere, you didn't develop endurance. Again, perseverance leads to endurance. Endurance is the result of you Persevering, And the Apostle Paul says, we know that they, the adversities, when you persevere in these adversities, they develop endurance. And endurance develops one more thing. Endurance develops strength. So the perseverance makes you stronger. You develop endurance. If you don't allow perseverance to go in your life, to happen in your life, if you're always trying to avoid, uh, you know, hurts and pain, you will never grow. I promise you that. You need to allow those things that God allows in your life so that you can grow in your life, so that you can get stronger in your life for different reasons that we already talked about. One of them is when you develop that strength, when you develop, uh, when you gain um you gain the experience, God uses those things for you to help others, for you to grow in your faith and help others as they walk with the Lord and you walk together with them. So he says right here that, that, that you know, the endurance develops the strengths of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. So perseverance is when you keep on going despite of the adversity or the trial. So it develops, it, it, it ends up in hope. Now let me ask you, the idea of hope here reflects, that is in, in, in Romans 5, it reflects the suffering that produces perseverance, which produces character, which produces hope. What are, what are we in the times of trials and adversity without hope? If, if, if when we're going through, through, through all different trials, adversities, what are we if we don't have hope during those tough times? What would you do? You know what people do when they lose hope? When they lose hope, hope is to believe and to trust that God has a plan. Not I. Not you. Believe that God has a better plan for me. There is a reason why God is allowing me to go through this pain that I'm going through. Because He has a better plan for me. For me to develop endurance. I just got to keep on persevering. The more I persevere, the more I move, the more I advance, the, more stro- the stronger I get that is endurance. And when I, get this, when I develop endurance, endurance brings me to hope. 
And if I have hope, I have hope because I know that God has control over every single situation in my life. When I respond bad to my adversity, it's because I forgot in a practical way. I might know it here that I can trust God, but in a practical way, I'm not trusting in God. I'm not. Because I'm reacting in a different and in a bad way to my adversity. David, when he was experiencing adversity, said that in the time of adversity, he made the choice of persevering. And the reason why David says, I'm going to persevere and I'm going to develop endurance while I wait quietly before God. Is that the way we respond to adversity? And he says, he says uh, uh, in Psalm chapter 62, verse 5 and 6, he says, uh, Let all that I am wait quietly before God. When we're going through adversity, we have to learn to wait in God and persevere because we know that God is, gonna, is giving us hope, is strengthening our hope because we know God is in control. So when we know God is in control, all we have to do is do what David says that he did here. Let all that I am wait quietly before God for my hope is not on anything or in anybody, but my hope is in who? I hope our hope is in God. I hope our hope is in God. Because if our hope is not in God, we will be disappointed with other people. But our hope has to be, Lord, you are in control. Lord, you want a better future for me. If I don't believe He has a better future for me, then then what's the hope that I have? People without hope, you know what people without hope do? Big, big percentage of people without hope, all they do is they finish their lives. Because there's no hope. Things are going so ugly, so bad. So why am I here? They get depressed, and depression leads you to other mental situations. And those mental situations lead a lot of people to finish their life. Because there's no hope. But we as believers, we have the hope in God. He Himself, He, for He, for hope, is in Him. He alone is my rock, David said. In those tough times that he was going through, he says, He alone is my rock. He alone is my salvation. He alone is my fortress. Where? I will not, you know, I will not be shaken. He is the one I trust. So all I have to do, I'm going to keep on persevering. Because persevering is going to develop my strength, my endurance. And as I develop, if I persevere and I develop that strength, that strength is going to help me to strengthen also the hope that I have in God. Why did he, uh, why did he have this attitude? Because he had hope. There is a beautiful cycle that begins with perseverance in this text in Romans chapter 5. There is a beautiful cycle that begins there with the presence uh, uh, and it answers in hope through all the scripture. Let, let, me, um, let me just share something really quick with you. Let me share, uh, and I, I'll share this with you because some of us have been praying and waiting for this. Um, story that's been happening in our midst. Um, a lot of you guys know Judith. 
Judith is our kids' director. Uh, let me just tell you this, and uh, I asked for her permission if I can say She doesn't know what I'm going to say. She knows that I'm going to say something about her. So you're in trouble now. Sorry. Uh, you guys who know Judith, our kids' director, she's been doing this for six months now, almost seven months now. She's been driving from Tijuana twice a week, back and forth, getting back over there Friday nights around 11 o'clock at night when she leaves here at night. And it's been seven months like that. Faithfully, she only missed one week because she got sick. So uh, two times per week is not an easy thing to do. Still works at her job for 18 years, that she's been there for 18 years. And in the past uh, three months, things have become harder. And uh, sometimes she comes into my office and she says, You know what? I just need you to pray. I just need you to pray. Things are getting tough, but I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue. Things are not easy. I'm going to continue. And some of this stuff, some of the problems uh, also are uh, at work. Difficulties in life. Raising two teenagers is not easy, right? It's not easy, huh? Uh, and, and told me a couple of times, sometimes I feel so tired, she said. I feel so tired emotionally, mentally, physically. Uh, but there was one thing she kept, she kept on saying to me. She says, I will not give up. I will not give up. I know God has. God, ha, God, God knows how much I can handle, she said. And she was, she just decided to persevere. So Friday, Tim and I received this letter. And this is a letter. Uh, Judith is considered a missionary from our fellowship of churches in Mexico, assigned to us over here. But we couldn't take care of her expenses like that. We had to ask for a religious visa. So asking for a religious visa, she sits, on my, she sits around my table uh, in my office. I have a table where we have meetings all the time. And she sits over there and she goes, I don't know what to do anymore. I feel so emotional. I feel so drained. And I said, yeah. And uh, Tim and I had a plan and we couldn't, we couldn't get that plan going. Uh, we were going we to do a video thing. So Judy didn't know this is happening, right? And I said, well, uh, they just deny your visa and I put the paper in front of her right? and as she's reading she's reading this paper with the mentality that they denied the visa but she's reading something different so visa for Judith got approved so now she has officially a religious visa but the thing that impacted me is that I'm thinking Lord this is what I'm going to preach on Sunday I, I got to tell the story there's been moments when, you know, we want to give up like that. But God, the trust that you have to have in God. To hear somebody to keep on saying, I have hope. Things are going to get better. And I said, and she, she's, she's, I got emotional because she said, this to me, in the middle of the adversities that I've been going through. I said, this is like a, a fresh cup of water for me. To show me God saying, you know what? In the middle of adversities, there's a little thing for you so you can keep your hope up. So you can realize that I am your hope. And not things or people. I am your hope. And all you got to keep on doing. I'm feeling, just feeling God telling me, telling me my heart. You know, you just got to keep on going. And a lot of times we forget 
we forget that that's, that's all it is. All, all we have to do is, uh, you know what, keep on going. Why? Because if you keep on going, you're going to develop a stronger hope. And as you develop that stronger hope, it doesn't matter who comes against you. It doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter if people tell you you're good for nothing. God tells you you are good for a lot. God gives you that hope so you can continue. God gives you that hope so you 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 know you don't just throw in your you, you don't throw yourself in your bed and be depressed and think you know what there's no hope. God gives you different gifts through the times of adversity so you can trust in him. Why is perseverance and adversity so important? Because it helps us to grow stronger in our hope. Our hope that has to be in God, only in God alone. God says things will get better at some point. But sometimes you got to go through the storm before you enjoy. This week we were riding with Roy. Pastor Roy and I were riding, and all of a sudden we didn't see anything at all about the, the forecast. Did not say there was going to be rain. And when we almost get into Seal Beach, it starts raining first a little bit, first more and more. And then Roy and I are like, should we stop? Yeah, maybe we should stop. And I told Roy, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm feeling cold now. And then Roy goes, no, let's keep on going. And we kept on going in the rain, right? We kept on going, yeah, he had a, he had a little jacket, I didn't, um, I, no, but we kept on going, we got through it. The day become, it, it became a beautiful day afterwards. So afterwards, when we're riding back, Roy said, this has been a nice ride, huh? And I said, yeah. After the rain, after the cold, it got better, better and it just became a beautiful day. And we enjoyed that, cruising along the bike trail over there, went to Seal Beach, ate, ate breakfast, we ate breakfast there, and it was a great day. Persevere. Things will get better, I promise you, because God promises us. Number two, why is perseverance so important? Because by perseverance, and, and I want you to pay attention to this, please. Don't miss the point that I'm trying to make here. Perseverance will show if your faith is real or not. I will say it again. If your faith is real, you will persevere despite of the disappointments in life. The only people who do not persevere in their walk with the Lord are people whose faith is fake. You might say, how dare you say that? Oh, I dare because the Bible says that. Let me explain. It doesn't mean that in adversities you don't get discouraged. It doesn't mean that in adversity you don't feel down. It doesn't mean you don't get depressed. But despite of the adversity, despite of the discouragement and the feeling down and the depression, when a person perseveres under trial... That person will be persevering because of their faith. There's nothing else. When I, when I told Judith I was going to say something about her if she allowed me, she said, whatever you say, don't say because I'm strong, 
I'm not. The only reason I've been strong, she said, is let people know. It's not me. It's my faith. I said, Judith, I got this. Been preaching for 20 years. I was kidding. But, but it's true. The reason we get through the storm is not because of us. But it's because of our faith, if our faith is real. So the Bible basically, you know, persevering in, in trusting God, persevering in believing in Jesus Christ, when a person perseveres under trial, clinging to God, clinging to Christ, and wavering in, in their faith, the Bible calls it a person with living faith. If you persevere in God in Christ, when you're going through the trials, it calls it, the Bible calls it, you have a living faith. He has been, you have been approved. When you have faith and you persevere, the Bible says you have been approved. I will, I will read the verses in a minute. But it is a common occurrence to meet people, and, and please, Ask the Lord to open your ears for what I'm going to say right now. It is a common occurrence to meet people who think they are Christians. Or who thought they were Christians at some point. Felt that they were saved. Believed that they knew God. Believed at some point in their life that they made some decision. Or or some commitment to secure them as Christians. Until... Until some severe difficulty arose in their life. And when that severe difficulty arose in their life, until they were exposed to the challenge. These people were exposed to the challenge or some trial, some unbearable burden which exposes the fact that they were not Christians. A trial, adversity, will Expose if your faith is real or it's not. Their faith, some of these people, their faith was tested and found to be dead faith, not saving faith. Rather than find resources and comfort in God and in the Scriptures through the trial, some of these people, what they do is they forsake God. And this is a common occurrence. And I want you to look at the verse we're going to have in the screen. It's Luke chapter 8, verse 13. I want to give you a quick background on this text. Because this text on Luke chapter 8, verse 13, Jesus is talking about the parable of the sower. And in the parable of the sower, Jesus is speaking about four different types of people. Four different types of people. Some of them, some of them don't make it even to church. Some of them make it to church, but they are not real believers. So, and this should give us encouragement that when we have been through a lot of stuff, but we stay, we persevere, you know, we keep on walking with God. That should give us a lot of hope. Let, let me explain this text. In, 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 so, out of the four different soils, one of the soils that Jesus is talking about in the parable of the sower. He says in Luke chapter 8 verse 13, Jesus describes certain kind of people who heard the gospel. And it says right here in verse 13, those on rocky soil, so the word of God, which is the seed that is planted, falls into rocky soil. There are certain people who are like rocky soil in their lives. 
and they are rocky soil the way they receive the Word of God, so they're filled with rocks. Have you ever, have you ever planted, have you ever done that before, where you, you plant seeds when there is rocks mixed with rocks? And, and tell me, have you had success with that? No. Part of preparation of the soil is to get the rocks out of the soil so then you can successfully plant stuff and see it grow. Why? Because the rocks avoid for the roots, for the plants to take root. And what happens with that, Jesus? Explain it over here. So Jesus says that those on, uh, on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear... They receive the word with joy. So you get to know a lot of people that when they hear the word, they're so happy. And they hear it and they're so joyful. Oh, praise God. And they can be here. They can raise their hands. They can sing with us. For a moment, they can do that. But there is a, that's the initial response. An initial reaction that is a positive and initial faith. But these have no firm root, Jesus said. They, they, so they're rocky soil, so they have no firm root. They believe for a while. So when, when did they stop believing? And here comes. In the time of, what does it say there? In the time of testing, what happens? In the time of testing, they fall away. So, I'm going to read it again so, you can, so you, can, you can get a better idea. Those on rocky soil, so the Word of God is it's, it's planted in rocky soil. Those who, when they hear and they receive the Word, they, they receive it with joy. And these have no firm root. They believe for a while, but what makes the test, or what makes them, uh, what, what, what shows what they're really made of, spiritually speaking... It's the time of testing. And then they fall away and they say, I don't want to know anything anymore about God. I don't want nothing to do with God. I don't want nothing to do with church. So in the time of testing, also translate temptation because testing, trials can be temptations. Or in the time of adversity, they fall away. So there are times in our lives when we go through those kind of trials. And they become significantly test, uh, you know, significantly test, test for us. Jesus says, in the time of testing, in the time of adversity. So there, there are two times in the Greek. For there are two words in the Greek for time. There are two words in the Greek. One of the words is kairos, and the other one is chronos. Well, chronos, it's when you talk about a chronometer. When you talk about a chronometer like I have right here right now, so I don't preach more than an hour. No, I'm 45 minutes. Some of you guys are like, an hour? So that's chronos. It's when you're measuring time. This is chronos. But then, um, but then there's other... Uh, the, 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 but the word here that is used is the word kairos. Is the word kairos. And, the, and what we're talking about kairos, uh, kairos means in in the Greek is a specific event or a season or circumstances or, or, or a moment of testing a specific moment so in other words when, he, when you talk about Kairos and he says when the time of testing 
when the time of testing comes, so when the kairos of adversity, when the kairos of adversity, and so in other words, in the event of adversity, in the season, there is a specific event, there is a specific moment, there is a specific moment that they are tested, they come those kind of times with the specific times, and in those times of trials or temptations or adversity, people without real faith do not persevere. It says in the verse of Luke 8.13, they fall away. So why is it important to persevere? Because it shows whether our faith is real or our faith is like the faith in the rocky soil. Not real. God wants us to persevere. And if you're a child of God, you faith. Hear this, please. If you're a child of God, even if you're in adversity, even if you're being tested, your faith will help you push through the specific times when you're going through adversity. And it shows that you are a child of God and it gives you hope. Again, it doesn't mean you don't get discouraged. It doesn't mean you don't get hurt. It means that the discouragement, the hurting, it's part of the trial. But despite of how you feel, you will persevere because your faith will help you push through. And in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 3, it says, James tells his readers that we're going through a lot of trials. For you know that when your faith is what? Is tested. Your faith, whether you like it or not, my friends, your faith will get tested. So smile. Because your faith will get tested whether you like it or not. But there's a good reason why you're going to get tested. Adversity is always a test to your faith. And again, listen to what I said. It's very important to understand adversity cannot, adversity cannot destroy true faith. So, in that parable, Jesus said the sun came out and he burned the plant because it didn't have deep roots. The sun is the representation of of the trial, the adversity. So, because it didn't have deep roots, it burned it. And it made it disappear. Now, adversity, the sun on you, when the sun is hitting on you hard, the sun cannot destroy true faith because you have deep roots in God. And that's why you continue. That's why you persevere in your faith. True saving faith is forever. Trials cannot destroy true faith because true faith is a gift from God. Did you know that, that, that you, you, it, faith didn't just appear in your life? Faith is a gift from God. So will God give you something that can be destroyed? No, I can do this no more, Lord. No, you can. If you choose not to, it's up to you. But you can, because your faith is a gift from God. And God will not give you something that can be destroyed with any adversity or trial. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Not even death. Because if I die, I go with Him. 
So, how can an adversity or a little problem, those little things that, it, it feels sometimes like we're drowning in a little glass of water, right? If your faith is strong, my friends, persevere, please. Make, do yourself a favor. And if you persevere, you know you have true faith, not fake. Look at this. Look at this. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. It says that our faith is a gift from God. It cannot be destroyed. It cannot be destroyed. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through what? Through faith. And faith grew automatically in you. Oh no, I put the wrong verse, I think. No, it says, and faith is not of yourself. We didn't have faith by nature. For us to have faith, to believe in God, guess what? It had to be given to us. It says right there, this is not of yourself. What is not of yourself? Faith is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. So we are secure because God has given us an undying faith. Through faith will give you the strength to persevere. They're, 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 you know, they're the best illustration, and we have talked a little bit about in different, in different occasions about Job. Uh, you know, he said, though he slayed me. He was talking about God. Even if God slays me, Yet, what did he say? I will trust in him. That is true faith. That is faith that's real. That is faith that will persevere. Now, Job was crying. Job was sad. Job was depressed, especially with the type of friends he had, right? Choose your friends right, okay? You don't want friends like the ones Job had. Adversity cannot destroy true faith. But, but, they can test that. Adversity will test your faith. True faith perseveres. True faith cannot be destroyed by adversity. It endures. It perseveres right through the adversity. That's the nature of true faith. So God bringing adversities into our lives is not to destroy our faith. You know why God brings adversities in our lives? So our faith can be manifested. You will manifest your faith. When you're going through trials. You will show in the trial who you trust or who you, do you, you, you don't trust. You go through adversity after adversity after adversity. And never in life of a true believer do those adversity will destroy your faith. All they do is they expose the reality of the real thing. The adversities will expose your faith. Or will expose that you don't have faith. The more of that you go through, and the more times your faith is unwavering, the more confident you become that your faith is the real thing. So that's why in the adversity, God's desire is for you to persevere. True faith perseveres, doesn't give up. So God's desire is not that your faith will only survive the test, but that the test becomes a very clear point of your own spiritual progress. I'll repeat that just because I think it's important to, to hear this again. God's desire is not that you or your faith will only survive the test. 
that is not okay with just you surviving the test and that's it. No, but the, the test becomes a very clear point that you see where your spiritual progress is. That's why God wants that faith to survive the test. God tests our faith in adversity, so He wants us. He wants to. He wants us to know where our heart is. So before we leave, um, well, let me give you one more verse on this. It's uh, James chapter one, verse twelve. Verse chapter one, verse twelve uh, uh, of James. I love it because look at what it says. Let's go one more. Let's go one more uh, verse. Very well. Um, it says, "Bless is a man." You know what the word "bless" is there for, right? You know, you know, you're familiar with the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes is that you are blessed. You have a special blessing when you persevere under trial. What is that blessing? The, for once he has been approved The blessing is that when you persevere in that trial You show that you have real faith Because you are approved I persevere I am blessed because now because I persevere I know that my faith is real And I know that I am approved by God and he will receive the crown of life. So besides knowing that you are approved, you know that you have eternal life when your faith is real. And because your faith is real, you persevere. It's a beautiful thing when the Word of God gives us, gives us this encouragement. But I can conclude the, uh, this uh, series without telling you what should you do while you persevere and you're developing endurance and strengthening your hope, what should I do while I persevere during the times or seasons of adversity? What should I do? Number one, I have four things and then you know, we'll, wrap, we'll wrap it up. But, but what should I do? Keep on gathering with your church. Why? Because we want more people here? No. Keep on gathering in your church because you need the support. You need the support of other believers to continue going when you're going through tough times. When you're out there by yourself, let me tell you, it's going to be tough. Even tougher. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25, And let us not neglect our meeting together. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. So when you're going through trials and adversity, get to church and make sure people are praying for you. Make sure people are around you. They're surrounding you with their prayers and with the encouragement. Let encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. Let's get together. Let's continue going. Let's get together. The worst thing a person who experiences depression can do is to be by themselves. Do you know that? But that's what we do. I don't want to see anybody. You close your windows, it gets dark. I mean, you don't do dishes for about a month, and it's disgusting. <laughs> so don't, don't be lonely. Approach people who will be, approach people of the faith who can encourage you. While we're going through adversity, as we persevere, 
Another thing that we need to do, number two, keep on growing in your faith. Keep on growing in your faith. What's going to keep you going is the growing in your faith. A theologian wrote that most Christians feed their body three, three hot meals a day. I like the way he said this. And their spirit, most Christians feed their body three hot meals a day. And their spirit, one cold snack a week. And they wonder why they are so weak in faith. I get a little snack on Sunday morning, and I should be good, right? No. No. That's not enough. Keep on growing. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says that like newborn babes, babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk. It, it, listen to me. It doesn't say behave like a, uh, uh, um, like a newborn baby. Because I don't want people behaving like newborn babies and be your pastor. And you're everybody's crying and okay, let me give you your bottle. Let me more, let me give you your bottle. No. Don't behave like a newborn baby, but be like a newborn baby desiring the milk. You who are mothers and a lot of your fathers who, who have taken responsibility with your kids, you guys know what it's like when a baby wants when they want their bottle, they want their bottle. And they will So that's the same way we should desire to grow. We should desire to crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of your salvation. So grow. Keep on feeding yourself so you can grow, so you can be stronger, so you can, be, uh, you, can, you can have a better walk with the Lord and you can be a good example to other people. Don't be a negative example. There's too much, there's too much to do for the Lord until He comes. Let's be good examples. But for, to be a good example, you've got to continue growing. Number three, as you're persevering in your faith, keep on showing love. During adversity, it's hard to show love sometimes. Especially, especially if somebody has provoked the adversity on you. It's so hard. Some people call 1 Corinthians 13 the love chapter. But in 1 John chapter 4 is really the love chapter. 1 John chapter 4 talks more about love than 1 Corinthians 13. The word love appears 11 times in 1 Corinthians 13. But it appears 24 times in 1 John chapter 4. That is the chapter of love right there. And in, and in that chapter, John, in 1 John four nineteen and 20, it says, We love because He first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother. Oh no, but I don't hate anybody. You, you might say you don't hate anybody, but your behavior says different. Be careful, because in the process of adversity, we, cannot, we, we should not be hating people. We should be encouraging one another. In the process of adversity, let's stay together. Let's, let, let's have the Spirit of God work in ourselves. But whoever hates his brother whom he has sinned cannot love God. I love God, yet hates his brother he, uh, whom he has sinned cannot love God whom he has not sinned. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must love God. And love is not a feeling. Did you know that love is an action? Did you know that? 
So act in love if you belong to God. That's what it's saying right here. And He has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must act in love with their brothers and sisters. So keep on loving people through the adversity. So through the adversity you do three things so far. Keep on going to church because you're going to encourage one another. Keep on growing in your faith because you need to keep on growing to be stronger. Keep on showing your love no matter how you feel you show love. Number four and last, keep on persevering. Simple. Keep on persevering. I love what the Apostle Paul told the church in Thessalonica. The church in the Thessalonian church in verse 1, chapter 4, uh, verse, I mean, chapter 1, verse 4, it says, uh, Paul tells them, we proudly, talking about him and his missionary team, he says, we proudly tells, uh, tell God's other churches about your perseverance. So, Paul used to brag about this church in Thessalonica. He used to brag about their perseverance. Hey, that church is going through a lot. That church is going through so much, so many hard times, but they are persevering in their faithfulness in all the persecutions and hardships that they were suffering. And Paul used to brag about this. My dear friends, let's keep on persevering despite of the persecutions and the hardships. We conclude that when we persevere during those tough times, adversity times in our lives will show. Our perseverance will show the real faith. And if we persevere, we will endure. And when we endure, we will strengthen our hope. And our hope, it's only in Him. Don't hope on anybody. People will disappoint you. Hope in Him. Grow in Him. Wait and stay quiet in Him until He tells you so. Our Father in Heaven, we thank You so much for this moment, Lord. Father, it's such a blessing to have uh, gone through this series on perseverance and adversities how we should persevere through the adversity it is such a blessing to know that you are our hope that is you Lord that we look up to that if we don't keep our eyes on you we will drown just like Peter did Lord help us not to drown but to stay faithful to the call that you have given us Lord we pray Father and we ask for your blessings on your church in Jesus name we pray and all God's people say Amen